We are all busy people. We have lives, families, and not a lot of time to dive into the things we may be curious about. Luckily, podcasts provide us a way to consume the knowledge of others in a way that doesn't interrupt our day, and isn't really all that creepy for them either. Let your friends know about your favorite podcast, and if they are a Destiny fan and you're tired of answering all their lore questions, send them to us. We don't mind breaking them in for you. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 23rd, 2019, over on twitch.tv focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over our preparation for Shadowkeep. This particular episode will serve as what we lovingly call the advanced session of the week's ep- exploration. Congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have on with us tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and this is your LaCroix drinking co-host, Green-Eyed Music God, Lover. now, every time I hear LaCroix, all I can think of is Good Mythical Morning and their taste test of LaCroix. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, but Oh I my imagine. God, it's so great. So great. Um, so, <laughs> enough with the chatter. I know everyone's looking forward to just diving right into it. So let's get right into it. Um, this week, I don't think we have, I, I don't really have a lost lore because it's more, this, this week's actually kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's some lore, right? But it's, it's also a lot yeah. of kind of updates. It's news and it's kind of weird because, yeah. It kind of, I mean, this, this, this half of the episode, like the first half of the episode was a lot of like the news and this is the updates and the lore dies and kind of the reminders of everything that we have so far, which this and I put a tweet out about this earlier. Preparation for Shadowkeep is actually going to be much more extensive than I think a lot of people realize. Um, this episode by itself is not going to cover everything I would want to talk about to prepare you for Shadowkeep because of all the different enemies coming back, all the different storylines with those enemies and how they're important. The Black Garden with the season of Dun dying, the story about Eris and where she's at psychologically and where she may be at with in relation to Marasov and everything going on there and Aldrin and everything. It's just like, there's no way that we can even in an advanced episode cover everything that you will likely need to know before we start Shadowkeep. So buckle up, Buttercup, because we're going to go on a little ride. I don't know. Where okay. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, You're, she's, she's got it. She's taking care of it. And I'm like, all right. Um, well, I guess, you know, for Shadowkeep in particular, like taking taking a step back from the whole season of the Undying, which, uh, you know, will be the season that Shadowkeep launches. So Shadowkeep is part of the season of the Undying, um, just in case mm-hmm. you live under a rock like I did and didn't figure that out until recently. Um, because, yeah. Anyways, let's start with Shadowkeep and let's talk about, you know, who... The main the main character has been already kind of revealed that it's going to be Eris Morn. So taking away the hype of getting Eris back, I'm super excited for that because uh, I love her yes. story. I love, I mean, Morla is Morla. amazing. Um, so I'm excited to have her back in the game as well. Um, who Who is Eris is, I think, the very first question I, th- I would expect 
people to want to know? I think Eris is probably one of the most complicated, but also simple characters as far as her history goes. She was introduced back in D1 as within the Crota's Bane card as essentially a kind of broken hunter. She has no ghost. She is the sole survivor of an ill-fated raid on the Hive's Lunar Fortress, which was the Crota's raid. It was Eris and a ragtag fire team who, after the first charge to take back the moon, sacrificed everything to return in search of the one, uh, in search of one hive called Crota. So she's she lost her ghost in that Crota raid. She also lost her eyes in that one. Her eyes have been replaced essentially with these acolyte eyes. And she showed up in the tower. Initially, the original tower, she was, if once you spawned in, she was far off to the left. Like, as, she like also, as far in the corner. She also ignored all safety regulations and tied her tied yes. her ship to the tower with a rope. I mean, Eris going to do what she's going to do. <laughs> it's just, I just love when, I, when we first spawned in, when she was there. And it's like, who's this crazy lady? <laughs> who tied I, yeah, her and that's, ship that's... to the to the rail like and it wasn't even like the best part about it was it wasn't even tied she literally looped the rope around a couple times like <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh how, how she, is she she's, supposed she's to always... know <laughs> she's an interest well okay she's she she knows she safety, has made safety, safety regs were updated occasions. while she was gone probably <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the tower wasn't completed by the time they went oh, through the uh, first Crota raid. <laughs> she was down there a while, if yeah, you remember. No, she, was. she was down there a long while. Oh my god. But, uh, gosh, no. Eris, Eris gets a bad rap for a lot of different things. She's definitely kind of the, I want to say emo child, but she's she's got reason to be. She's not just being dramatic like the, the stereotype tends to go. She definitely has a lot going on as far as emotional baggage and dealing with a lot of trauma that she's gone through. The The most notable one is the Crota Fire Team disaster, essentially, where she essentially lost her entire team. She was the only one who come out of it alive. The only other character that we kind of see-ish alive is Toland, which technically he's, I mean, he's in the Ascendant Realm as a glowing ball of light. So how... How much alive can you call that at that point? Well, and you know, Tolan but, was totally innocent in the way he came out well, alive. I don't, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into that debate a little bit here too, but she lost everything in a lot of ways and has been on a bit of a vendetta as well as considers herself the the guardian who is going to try to safeguard against the hive as much as possible in whatever way she can. She's going to, she enacted revenge against Crota, which that was in the Dark Below DLC back in D1. She helped us through taking King with dealing with Oryx. And she has been that liaison, at least when it comes to the major hive characters. No Gris she was not around for as far as Warmind. But in some of the... She also translated the Books of Sorrow. Yes. So... She did that yeah. for us. And made the touch of malice. And she can teleport and she, things. Yeah. A trick she learned from tele- She can Poland. teleport us, which was a useful yes. trick. Deus Ex. She was our yeah. Deus Ex oh in that gosh. mission. Oh my gosh, yes. But uh, that's a very introduction of who she is as far as like what we first saw of her. 
We've learned since then in D2, she was part of the great Ahamkara hunt. She and Ikora ran together during that. And that was from Strides of the Great Hunt. Now, there wasn't a whole lot within that, but this is, as far as we can tell, before the Crota fire team, before all of that, although there's not, you can, can we say for with certainty that it was before uh, Crota fire yes. team? Because didn't she basically disappear yeah. before coming back to the tower? Yeah, it's, well, because like up until, so so the Great Ahamkar Hunt was, um, it was before the Great Disaster. Because basically what happens is immediately following, well, not immediately, but, so hang on, let me back up. It was before her fire team attempted assassination of Crota, which to me would kind of point to that this was before the Great Disaster. Because the, the fire team went after Crota because of the events of the Great Disaster, because Wei Ning died at the Great Disaster. So Ariana was on a vendetta and was pretty quick in, in getting a group together, including Tolan, to go after him. Following that mm-hmm. failure, that's when Eris was really kind of trapped in the Hellmouth because it was sealed up. It she she didn't get out of the Hellmouth until we opened it, and she came directly to the tower. So the Ahamkar right. the only time that it, the only time that she would have outside of the Hellmouth would be before. If that does that make sense? But like but mm-hmm. through the process of elimination, the Great Ahamkar hunt has to happen before the Great Disaster. So from there, the next thing we know about her is that she did the Crota fire team. And the we know that she, well, okay, according to, this is one thing that I am not sure I agree with as far as Ishtar goes. And I love Purple Chimera to death, but I'm not sure I 100% agree with her summary of Eris. Because the first thing she lists about the summary of Eris is that she, that Eris and Ariana 3 both started studying about Crota before the fire team got together. And the card that she cites is a card where Ariana is torturing the wizard. And I don't see an, a reference to Eris in there. So that is, as far as like lore complications, that one I'm not sure I completely agree with. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, I do agree that she and Ariana put together the fire team and they were studying the hive. Like, but as far as like Eris's it's never really made clear what Eris's catalyst for joining the fire team initially was other than it's like, hello, random adventurer. We're going to, you know, like I, I, I know I don't remember it ever really being explained why she was on the fire. I mean, like, and that could be said for, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the other members like, uh, Veltarlo, uh, Saimoda, uh, Omar and Eris really, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't other than other than Ariana and Eris got them all together. Like Eris right. and or uh, Eris and Ariana got the others together, but Ariana is the only one that we really have like a really clear um uh, a line for why she was doing it. And yeah, Ariana and Eris went to Toland as the first member, and that was because Toland right. was obsessed. We sought forbidden right. knowledge, the exiled master of Hive Arcana, which is in the Crotozan right. card. So they f- they found Toland. Toland tells us that Crota's presence in our world is a shadow, that his true presence provides, resides in another world. So this is the first uh, instance where we learn about the Ascendant Realm a little bit. Uh, beyond, I mean, this is the card I would, if I were to cite that Ariana and Eris were doing things before pulling the team together, this would be the card I would cite for it, not the card that she actually cites. So love you, Purple. This is just my personal 
correction on that one. But beyond that, the thing that happened with Crota's fire team is the team gets separated in one of the team members dies almost essentially as soon as they walk in. No, the they don't door. even get in the door. Was it wasn't Omar? No, though, it was, was Vel. It? That Vel died, Tarlo. I'm trying to remember. V- he Vel, gets he gets Vel he gets Tarlo. swarmed by That's Thrall right. and then gets smushed by the Dark Blade. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. As chat as chat get... is so kindly pointing out, the one Titan on the raid team dies before That's they even true. get to the raid. <laughs> I mean, you need a you need a bubble for that raid. Yeah, you do. You need it. Yeah, at least one. It's nice to have a bubble. You can do it without a bubble, but it's real nice to have one. <laughs> that's a, so that's they ac- get in the door, they get separated. <laughs> uh, they get separated. A few of them end up essentially fighting a bunch. Uh, they're fighting the wizards, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, they die to that. Omar. Uh, one of them yeah. dies, essentially. Omar is tortured Omar to death. Dies yep. to that. Omar Omar's the one that so sh- gets kidnapped and then is stripped it's a very disturbing scene, but it's uh, parallel it's to a, what Ariana was doing to the wizard that she tortured. To the wizard. Uh, Omar dies shortly after, and then Eris and Toland and Ariana are kind of left on their own. Uh, Ariana and Toland end up by the Dust Singers. Mm-hmm. Eris is off on her own somewhere at this point, if I remember incorrectly. It's been a little while since I've dived in directly to the fire team story but uh that's when the dust singer sings and ariana gives her all and it doesn't happen and Tolan just embraces it and goes down with the ship um so to speak ish from there eris comes back out like uh blue was saying once we open up the Telmouth, then time passes and whispers in her glowy rock happen and she senses oryx's approach so Time passes with Eris there, but Eris has been working this whole time with a certain someone who we deal with very closely during Forsaken. Eris, we find out that Eris has been with the Queen, and that Eris and Tolan, not Tolan, Eris and Osiris show up to kind of talk with the Queen about the approach of Oryx and form this plan. Eris works with them, Eris works with us. And helps the queen out and helps us out as far as um, getting rid of Oryx's uh, shadow within our realm. Then pushes us to go into raid and take care of Oryx that way. Uh, The connection as far as Eris, um, Marasov, and whatnot, there's a couple different ones. There's the connection within the Reverie Dawn cask as well as Throne on Final Shapes. Where she talks about her plan with Mara to help her out. She basically, and if I'm remembering correctly, in in Unfinal Shapes, it is a letter to Asher where she talks about how the queen is actually accepting of her because she's kind of fed up with the way that the people in the tower have treated her. Because the tower, the people in the tower and the vanguard in general look at her as other or a mad woman or invalid or a burden. So she's found acceptance within the reef a little bit. She says that uh, Mara sees a hunter. So Eris works as an agent for Mara that way. As far as that, is there anything else that you want to bring up as far as Eris's backstory? Do you want to bring up take, uh, Truth to Power or more of her workings with Mara or anything like that? Um, I would just say that the entire working with Mara is nothing new to her because she is a hidden as no. well. Um, which is something that she is one of the first 
characters that we got back in D1 that kind of pointed at the hidden being not warlocks, not just exclusively warlocks, and which was later confirmed uh, with stolen intelligence. But, you know, it, that was that was also an interesting thing, too. When she came back, she resumed her duties as hidden or as a hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other I'm trying to think um, she has a lot of tricks up her sleeve, I think, is probably the simplest way of explaining why Eris is crucial as as crucial yeah i mean yes but also as crucial she has a lot of knowledge um that she gained from her time in the hellmouth from the hive and also she apparently has been taught some of tolan's tricks as well uh so she Mm -hmm. has component she has powers that uh are beyond what we would would we would see in a guardian um and that is important because she all she like green had said at the beginning she doesn't have a ghost so her next death is her final death um the another thing that we learned in the shrines of the great hunt is that eris was a blade dancer yeah she preferred yeah she preferred blade dance she she preferred the arc subclass more than anything now granted that doesn't mean that was all she did but that is the one that is pointed Mm -hmm. out uh, as far as what we'll see of her in Shadowkeep, Eris has been haunted by the Hive for a long time. The little rock, the infamous rock in the cutscene where it is on her uh, on Cade's map, where Cade's like, Eris, get your rock off my map type thing. That has been a source of whispers to her for a very long time. There's also the fact, now this is a spinfoil-esque type thing, there's also the fact that the urn, the glowing urn that we collected all those souls, those hive souls, if you remember back all the way back in D1, we collected a bunch of hive souls for Eris and put them in a very creepy green glowing urn. That urn cracked and was spilt during the Red War. Not to say that that means anything towards Shadowkeep or means anything at all, but I did see a theory at one point that said that Eris's powers when it comes to the Hive, the more advanced things, the ability to teleport us, came from the fact that we had gathered that power from those souls and gave that to her and that she stored her power within that urn. And by the urn crushed during the Red War, she lost some of those capabilities. Mm, no. There's no, there's, no, there's no reason to believe that just saying but that was a theory i did see and i thought it was interesting well because the scene with asher that would be before the red war but why nah nah nah. no the scene with well the scene with asher was before the red war but the urn being cracked happened no right 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 i was saying i was i was thinking about it backwards but i mean i guess my my question there is if you're going to have a phylactery like that where it's a storage of your power okay cool why would you leave it if you abandon the tower like that know. seems like she a... may have just left her power source in general. That's that fair because she walked away because of Asher, or not because of Asher. She walked away in the scene of Asher. We find out that she's leaving. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, that, it's an it's an interesting thought that, exercise. Um, I don't. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. So the scene that we're referring to is in Ghost Fra- Fragment Eris Morn, and it is a scene where we're actually introduced to Asher Mir. Mm-hmm. And it is right after Asher comes back to the tower and his arm has been transformed at first. The lake. With the Vex arm. Yes, the lake. The infamous lake that we talked about in uh, the opening, the introduction episode. 
and she is essentially looking over him and kind of she feels very um, kindred spirit with him because she mentions how he gets under Ikora's skin and Eris knows that she and Ikora don't exactly see eye to eye on a lot of different things either. And so she compares herself as far as a kindred spirit to Well, him. and there's also and the hint of there being friends in stolen intelligence. Yes. Um, then she essentially says, I'm going away. Good, uh, goodbye, old friend type thing. And kind of fades off into the distance. And we did not hear from her until some of the different histories and whatnot with Marasena and Dreaming City and Truth to Power. She's always in D2. Eris has purely been in lore and not in the forefront. Do you have any other Eris things you want to bring up before we head into the crazy? No, no, I think, um, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair for, for a good summary of Eris. I think that's an excellent, excellent place to, to take off. I mean, there's if we were to get into oh yeah, there's things it would yeah. be an analysis of the Crota Fire team and the analysis of her time with uh, Mara and these various things aspects going on with that and the reasons why she may have gone that direction. We could definitely talk about that, but it has really I don't know how much weight it's going to have in Shadowkeep because do we don't necessarily know if she's on the moon on behest of Mara. Well, and that's that's the only thing I was hesitating with Mara because anymore. we do have the one infamous scene at the end of Taken King where she refers right. to my where queen. She... Um Right. But we kn- we knew that already. We knew that well, mm-hmm. we knew that in D2. We know that through the different lore cards in D2 that she finds herself at home more in the reef than she does with the tower in the city. That is pointed out directly in that card, um, in the card on Final Shapes. Oh, right, right. No, I, I recognize that. I'm just saying that it was, that was an influential cutscene at the time because it did shape some of her character, it seemed, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, as far as topic number two to help prep for at least Season of the Undying. It's Green's favorite topic. I, oh, gosh. It's... It's a topic I have not looked at in a long time because the last time we dealt with this topic was in vanilla. <laughs> Just saying. Didn't we rip the heart out of this so it's thing? It's been a few years. We we totally demolished the heart out of this thing, which going through and reading about the the after effects of us taking out the heart of the Black Garden was mm-hmm. interesting to get the various perspectives on that again. Because there are a few phrases specifically used that I'm like, whoa, wait a second. That 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 brings a whole new light. Because for me, as a lore person, I actually didn't ever really dive into Black Garden lore that deeply. With the exception of like the oblique references to Alpha Levi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I didn't start Destiny until uh, Dark Below. And I did not get into the lore until much later. I think... I found Focus Fire Chat the essentially like a few episodes in, and I was listening to uh, Ghost Stories and Bife and Sir Wallen and Mylan at a, that all that point. But I I came very very late to the game, so Black Garden lore was very. I don't know if I felt like I took a pill and things went bad, but it's been it's been a bit of a trip <laughs> to go through and figure out what's going on with it. So. 
can you do me a favor and start out this section of it and let me take a little bit of a vocal break before I jump in and kind of do a little craziness? So the big thing with the Black Garden is, I mean, like Green said, the, the majority of what we see in up until pretty much really recently was what we had from D1. Uh, interestingly enough, it was in Forsaken with Aldrin that we actually learned quite a bit about the Black Garden. Uh, and this is because Aldrin actually had a significant amount of interactions with the Garden. Uh, he basically, and, and this is all within the lore book, The Forsaken Prince, which we've, I believe we've done an episode on. I want to say we've done an episode on. Okay, we cool. Have. I'm like, there we are have. so many episodes. It's, it's kind of... You also recorded Oh, it. that's right. That's right. Yeah, because this is the one that I did the... Apparently, I did a Cockney accent for the the uh, Cabal. Um, <laughs> oh which I was like, I'm like, okay. I That was completely unintentional. Um, but anyways, so basically through this is Aldrin initially, like the, the entrance to the book, uh, he basically sets up, we're going to go to the Black Garden. He coerces one of his uh, crows or one of the other... Joylon. Joylon. Uh, Joelon the the ratchet the ratchet of the I can't remember. Um, he's 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 the yeah sniper. he's he's the he's he's the awesome he's, sniper. He's one of he's Aldrin's bestie. Without he's like the exact opposite of Aldrin because Aldrin is like wild boy type thing, and Joelon is very precise, doesn't have secrets, very regimented, makes guns very good sniper they're very they're very he's like on top a of lot of people all. like to ship them um that is, very that is true. it's it's very that true very i've gotten true. in multiple arguments because i'm like i'm just saying <laughs> doesn't mean they are but <laughs> anyways uh Aldrin's interactions uh basically he he gets into the gate by tricking the gate lord which is an hilarious entry to to read and it was even fun it was really fun to act um and basically once they're in the garden they start exploring just kind of you know exploring just willy-nilly following aldrin mostly is doing all the the leading here Julian, from the very moment that he steps in the garden is convinced that he needs to get out like he doesn't want to be there he doesn't want he doesn't want to be there um, and while they are uh, in the garden, you know, it's basically a labyrinth. Uh, and I think it's what it smells of wet, wet compost. Um, they uh-huh. mention the beetles that we see a lot of. Uh, you sometimes will see in some of the crucible maps on there. Um, Aldrin, it's called out that Aldrin flips one over and there's nothing inside of it. So it's it's just like a hollow shell that looks like a beetle. Um and then Julian pulls up some plants, and the roots are completely metallic cir- circuits. So um, Julian's freaking out. Like Julian does not want to be here um, at all. And and so basically, what they what they eventually comes to to find is that there are some legionaries that had gotten stuck in the garden as well. And Aldrin actually kind of goes into a rage. He gets very. Um, angry that they are defacing the garden by just being there and so then he he attacks them and in the process of killing one the uh legionary actually commits suicide uh and it's not like he shoots himself or it's not like he stabs him he takes his helmet off to show aldrin the seeds that he says are um that are infecting him and it's like, and basically, <clears throat> basically, Cabal can't breathe without their pressurized 
helmets. They, 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 their, their lungs can't handle that. So when he takes his helmet off to show Aldrin the, the microscopic seeds that have embedded themselves inside his skull, he dies. Uh, and he does it without thinking, which is very odd, and it's called out significantly in there. Um, after that, after that event, Julian basically forcefully drags Old Aldrin out of the garden, pretty much. Um, and Aldrin is changed with that that experience, and so is Julian to a degree. But Julian, uh, this is where there's kind of a wedge driven between the two of them uh, because Aldrin becomes obsessed with finding out more about the garden and Julian doesn't want anything to do with it. Julian, you know, like Karina had mentioned, Julian doesn't like secrets. Julian doesn't keep secrets. That's not his, that's not his lot in life. He's a, you know, he's a soldier. He's a sniper, you know, all that. Aldrin also brings back some of the plants that they found in the garden. And this is asphodelia which should sound familiar to anyone who's been playing in the Dreaming City because Asphodelia is planted inside the Dreaming City. Uh, Asphodelia is also a crucial component within the Queen's Foil, uh, which will be used by our Guardians to, to uh, mimic the going Ascendant, to kind of access that Ascendant realm-esque existence. Um, so, and, and then, arguably, uh, he... He's trying to do all this to surprise Mara. Um, sadly, he does not surprise Mara. Well, yep, go for it. He, he's trying to do this in spite, in some ways, of Mara, because Mara told him not to go anywhere near yeah, the Black Yeah, which Garden. is why, yeah. She specifically mentioned not to do which that. Which is why it starts with the length of a chain. Is he's, he's, Aldrin's obsessed with trying to figure out where... How far? He yeah, can how go. far he can go before Mara doesn't forgive him? Uh, it's it's their their react their relationship is fascinating. I, I I really like the way that they're written with like each other. Um, but uh, so in after the heart part two, which is uh, following his his expedition and his presentation of Asphodelia, um, in a private conversation with Mara, he kind of reveals kind of unconsciously almost his thoughts on what the black heart is. Uh, he says the Vex infests the place. It gives them something they crave. It grows them toward what they want to be. Whatever the heart of that place is, it's a seed. I think a seed left behind to grow like a node of glimmer or a tripwire bait to attract those who seek out and destroy what they don't understand. Um, which is where our guardians kind of come into the play. Um, you know, uh, it goes. Aldrin goes on with uh, with the entry Julian to kind of his personal thought is that in the same way that the Awoken are kind of a blending of light and dark, the uh, future of the Awoken could possibly lie within the Black Garden because it is also in a way a blending of light and dark. And and he kind of he he kind of fixates on this as a as a kind of like a wellspring of potential. Uh, potentiality for the awoken people a safe spot um it it ultimately doesn't go anywhere for him at that point because following that then we go we in the book we jump into 
post taken war um and mm-hmm. all that with yeah with all that and that's that's not really relevant to this particular piece um so to jump in we uh we do to so to kind of leave Aldrin behind and to look at ghosts uh we do have a few mentionings of the ghost and with the garden uh there's the we before us where we have a mention of we felt a garden with no blooms a valley shrouded in gloom um and then struck by wonder there's a mention of the pruning of the garden um not a lot which that is yeah go for it yeah, there's, there's not a lot in those two. The first one is not necessarily a direct reference to the garden because um, in oftentimes the black garden is capitalized as far as um, the formatting of it. The, in the we before us, its garden is mentioned in lowercase. So I thought it was interesting that in the card, the we before us, it is a description from a ghost of a ghost creation. I remember the moment we were born. There was pain, a loss, a feeling. And he goes through and talks about what he remembers or what they remember. And we felt a garden with no blooms, a valley shrouded in gloom, I thought was an interesting correlation and call possibly to the Black Garden because we have multiple characters now at this point who have described the petals within the Black Garden as shaped as ghost. Pujari does it back in D1 and Aldrin does it in the Forsaken Prince book. So that is why I included this within kind of this rundown of the Black Garden. Uh, The next card that Blue brought up, Struck by Wonder, the pruning of the garden is in reference. It's a, a ghost reflecting on our guardian's deeds. It's in reference to us killing the Black Heart and the the idea of us pruning the garden, not actually stopping the garden, kind of caught me a little bit and makes me really start to believe the fact that what we did in the Black Garden was only what do you do when you what are you doing when you prune something? You are preparing it to grow even back more beautiful and more deadly or more fully than you did before. You're not. You're not cutting it completely away. You're preparing it for something else. Which would make sense if you're if you oh. view the black heart of the black garden that they are now referring to as the garden of salvation. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it makes me actually think of Darksiders uh, with the concept of corruption of like of carving okay. out the corruption and leaving the good behind. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of stop that kind of concept. I don't know if that's what's going on but that's what that kind of that statement because you're right pruning is not pruning is vastly different than harvesting or you know uh killing calling um and then from d1 we do have like the undying mind uh which was a really annoying strike but (laughs) yeah so the annoying thing the annoying thing about the undying mind is that there was a hive character known as the lore keeper that we had to kill multiple times. I was so annoyed by that. Yep. Morgath, the lore keeper. I was like, why do we have to kill him? Can we kidnap him? Because I would love to hear his stories or its stories. But yeah, that's that was enough. Uh, the Undying Mine, for those Ooh. for those who uh, played that, that's the giant Hydra that has the uh, teleporting. It's Moss. Yeah. Oh, he was so annoyed. Also, Viru brought something up that I had forgotten about. It's been a long time since I've looked at the scannables, but there is a scannable on Nessus where it talks about there are multiple black gardens. Hmm. Just food for thought. I, I, it is the only mention I know of 
where it talks about multiple black gardens, we know of multiple entrances into the black garden because not only was there the big gate entrance that we get in during the final mission of Vanilla D1, there's also the um, subway entrance that we use to get in after King's Fall yeah, is finished. Yeah, to sneak in. Because, mm-hmm. And there's all the blights within the black garden, which is a whole nother problem to think about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Undying Mine... Ikora Ray in the mission talks about the Black Garden remains here among the light, but the Vex will never cease until their birthplace is restored, and we must keep it here until we can understand its origins. Uh, Ikora also mentions in one of the cards for Undying Mind that we cannot just ignore it. We have to keep the garden here among the light. We are just beginning to match its pathways to this fractured data from the archive, which the that I the whole lore master killing thing makes me really really frustrated <laughs> with that it's like uh... yep that's where my frustration is we need we need answers kill that guy his name is lore master yeah well, but shoot him speaking of killing things the next thing the black garden card itself mm-hmm. at last the heart of the garden has been destroyed its stranglehold on the traveler released our light brightens guess who said that <laughs> Guess. Just take a guess. Ulantan. Nope. No, the speaker. Speaker. I mean... mm. Okay, so the mystery deepens. What about the soul divisive? So the soul divisive are uh, a... Basically a division within the Vex. The Vex. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there's an easy way to explain this. Um, So... Yeah, so like so the Vex different uh, factions, networks, like they're sub networks basically. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so they're mm-hmm. like factions. They're they're not, but they are. They're the closest thing that you can do is factions, right? Um, so yeah. you you see within the Grimoire card for the Soul Divisive the explanation that Divisive Vex, which uh, as Chat's saying, are the ones that are covered in moss usually. Um, are thank you, maids, dedicated servers. That would be that's a good one. Um, divisive yeah. vex or the soul divisive vex behave religiously, and the question then comes: Why would a hyper intelligent, time spanning thought mesh exhibit religious behavior? The answer seems obvious, as it is chilling. If the vex have found worship and devotion more effective than any other behavior, they would adopt worship. Whatever the vex equal, whatever the vex found equals or made or found or made in the garden transcends even their power, which is um, when you walk into the final mission on Vanilla, uh, it's all the Vex uh, kneeling in supplication to the Black Heart, uh, which would be the thing that arguably they found. Now, that the directive to worship was given to them by Curia after, within the Books of Sorrow, we learn about that, Correct. right? So Curia comes through the wound that Crota cut in the Ascendant Realm. She comes through and um, essentially, within the next couple of cards, talks about how she... Assimilates. ...deduces... Well, because they're trying to figure out the geometry of the space, yeah. Right, so she deduces the the concept of worship and then directs Vex to do so uh, within the Books of Sorrow, even. So whether or not those are the original soul divisive which would be interesting, Soul Divisive. So this is, isn't this where the theory of the Black Garden being the location of Crota's initial wound in the Ascendant Realm? Yeah, that's one of them. I think that's one of them, yeah. Because 
the Vex were put to worship at that point because they deduced that it is a greater source of, um, I guess, confirm confirmation power, I guess, within the Vex, because Vex are logic-based. So it's weird for a Vex to worship something. <sighs> Headache is starting to form. Um, the Black Garden itself. You want to talk about Pujari? Oh, man. Pujari is a fascinating, fascinating concept uh, or fascinating con- conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Pujari is is uh, arguably a Thanatonaut. Uh, it's never really like explicitly stated that he is, but there's a lot of correlation with the name Pujari uh, and what Thanatonauts state uh, or what Thanatonauts are described as. Uh, the actions that he takes are also very very similar to what is um what is usually done by thanatonauts um do you want me to just read this card since it kind of is all about the black garden i okay. think so uh so this is this is the grimoire card i uh legend the black garden and it's it says i am pajari these are the visions i have had of the black garden the traveler moved across the face of the iron world it opened the earth and stitched up the sky it made life possible. In these things, there is always symmetry. Do you understand? This is not the beginning, but it is the reason. The garden grows in both directions. It grows into tomorrow and yesterday. The red flowers bloom forever. There are gardeners now. They came into the garden in vessels of bronze, and they moved through the groves and rivers of thought. This is the vision I had when I leapt from the shores of time and let myself sink. I walked beneath the blossoms. The light came from ahead, and the shadows of the flowers were words. They said things, but I will not write them here. At the end of the path grew a flower in the shape of a ghost. I reached out to pluck it, and it cut me with a thorn. I bled, and the blood was light. The ghost said to me, You are a dead thing made by a dead power in the shape of the dead. All you will ever do is kill. You do not belong here. This is a place of life. The traveler is life, I said. You are a creature of darkness. You seek to deceive me. But I looked behind me, down the long slope where the blossoms tumbled in the warm wind and the great trees wept sap like blood or wine, and I felt doubt. When my ghost raised me from the sea, there was a thorn cut in my left hand, and it has not healed since. One of the cards from the beginning that made things very confusing. I love it. I love that card. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly, Mm -hmm. so like... You know, obviously, looking back at it now, there's there's a lot of things that stand out um, that we have mm-hmm. learned since then. Uh, one of them is the obviously the emphasis that's been repeatedly placed on symmetry and symmetrist ulantan, all those not all that stuff. Um, you know, there's the nod to the shores of time, which was a really funny thing because if you're ever defending point B, you're gonna experience falling from the shores of time. Uh, shores of time was a map both in D one and actually I think is it shores of time in D two or is it something else? It is. It's called something different. It's called something different. But yeah, it's, it's the, the same, same map. map. I love this, that. The map, map in D two is on is on Nessus instead of uh, Venus. Oh, that's right. That's right. That yeah, is that the is difference. the difference. It's not Venus, right? Um, I so I love that map. I love the layout of that map. Um. So, you know, there's there's that there's there's obviously the the obvious connection here between the Vex as uh, the Vex are coming, you know, in, in bodies of bronze and your vessels of bronze and move through the groves and rivers of thought, which is the Rayleigh Loria fluid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know, like it, it's interesting to like the the 
capitalization of the different terms. Uh, ghost is capitalized. Mm-hmm. The, even when it speaks, the image of the ghost is referred to as a ghost. Uh, you know, there's that. Um, there's the the very Eden-like qualities that is kind of interesting. Like it's just it's very interesting there. Um, Something to keep in mind here: this whole vision of the Black Garden is through the Radioloria of the Vex. Like, the Radioloria causes him to have this vision. It's not like he's teleported to it that we can tell. Mm. It is the... He falls into the Radioloria off of Shores of Time, right? Well, so that's what happens when you fall off Shores of Time. Well, I don't think in Shores of Time there was a Radioloria. The... Was it Radioloria underneath the Shores of Time? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I'm. Wasn't it really? I'm pretty mm. sure it was. I'm going to look up. Because... Because I, I honestly, I honestly don't remember it. I thought it was just water, but I, I mean, shall either see. way, you die right, right, right. Yeah, you'd be dead. Um, but I don't. I was just thinking. I don't know if it was. Um, I'm gonna have to look because I know, I know they did a full walkthrough with the developers. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they might have mentioned something like that. I'll have to watch it again. I, I honestly never connected that piece. Really. Mm-mm. Because it certainly is on a um, distant shore. It is definitely. I, I'm, I'm not going to. I honestly didn't look at it that way. But like this is. So I'm going to send you the piece of artwork that Bungie put out mm-hmm. for Shores of Time. And Shores of Time okay. is surrounded by water. So they have the Vex portals, mm-hmm. like the Vex portals and stuff, which I mean, which I, I, I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to. If that's Radioloria, then sure. Because they have the Vex. Um, uh, architecture all over the place, but I always thought it was just water underneath the shores of time. Interesting. Uh, but Interesting. I'm going to have to look into it because if that is indeed radioloria fluid, that would explain the vision. Changes. Yeah, it would explain the vision definitely. Yeah, it, it would change exactly what goes on within this one. Um, that so whether or not it's radioloria or not, if it is radioloria, the fact that in some ways it is the vex granting quote unquote vision to them. Um, if it if Radio Loria, it's described as pure rivers of thought, right? We also know that Radio Loria is a physical. It is the physical vex themselves. It is the. How do you? I mean, they're. It's not like they're little nanites per the se. The vex, no, they're Radio Lorians. But the yeah, it's the fluid though. It's the fluid itself that is the vex. Right. Um. Hang on, real quick. I have a write up for that actually. Because, ra- well, Radiolorians okay. are an actual... Um, it's a biological uh, sea thing, yes, right? Yes, it it's, is. It's it's, uh, so thing. the Radioloria is a protozoa. Um, and what you usually see, they're very... I mean, they're, they're microscopic. Microscopic stuff. Uh, but right. what it is, is there's another, another word for them, or they're also called radiozoa, are basically they, they measure anywhere from 0.1 to 0.2 millimeters. Um, and the cool thing that Radioloria, the, the cool thing in real life that Radioloria does is they're, they're known for basically creating these like amazingly intricate mineral skeletons, uh, which is I like if you search Radiolorian on Google, um, and you just like the the art like not the art but like the the stuff that it creates is really cool it's like a seashell on steroids basically um and the reason they do that is uh they they basically are just they're like plankton they're 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 that's how they survive um now the thing that radiolorians do is let me go here 
They are found as zooplankton throughout the ocean. Uh, their skeletal remains make up a large part of the cover of the ocean floor as siliconus ooze, which is important. Keep that in mind. Uh, due to the rapid change of species, they represent an important diagnostic fossil found in the Cambrian, uh, which is a, a era. So they're basically mi- yeah, uh, dinos in chat, microbes. Uh, radial orients have many uh, needle-like pseudopods that are supported by microtubulars. So they're, they're basically like a... Um, uh, iso uh icosahedrian uh which is very mm-hmm. similar to an ingram if you look at it uh it's an interesting concept there uh the cool thing here is that remember i said it covers of uh the the mineral skeletons when they start kind of breaking down it's made of silica and so when it breaks down it turns into like the silicos ooze which is basically that radiolarian fluid that you always see that's that's pretty much the siliconus ooze the vault of glass if you look behind Atheon, and this is something that a lot of people have kind of made the point of calling out, technically speaking, the glass is a, it can be a form of silica. Um, silica silica right. is so also which... one of the best conductors of information within computers. And VEX right. are... So, like, the, they use it as far as all the time. I mean, you even see it in Nessus whenever we do mm-hmm. the Mission mm-hmm. 6 and you go into the area, I mean, Cade gets stuck in there too, but there's the giant crystal. Right, right. The silica crystal. Well, and, and so like with the Vault glass. of Glass, it's explained as a confluence point. Uh, it's because that's basically a processing mm-hmm. chip. I mean, if you think about it in in the whole thing, like that is a processing chip for the whole the whole of reality, timelines, whatever they're manipulating through there. And the reason that it's capable of processing that much information is because it is comprised completely almost of silica and silic- like the siliconian ga- glass. Um, dancing mm-hmm. is also kind of going back to the uh, Black Armory Forge theory that Beard has with the concept that obsidian is a silica-based, comp- uh, silica-based element. So there's, there's a right. connection there. Rock. Right. There's a connection there as well. That could potentially explain the technology jump that we see within the Black Armory. But to to answer the the initial question, no, they're not nanites. They're actually microbes, uh, and they're they're itty bitty 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 bitty. Um, but then they combine, and the vex the vex are weird, right? Because they're they're explained as living metal. Mm-hmm. Well, we we figured, but we don't know the, if that's the, like we. It, it's kind of weird where like it's it's kind of difficult to say where the actual. Um, sentience exists within them so well there's that but if the if the radioloria itself can grant visions quote-unquote dreams whatever because there's multiple multiple hallucinations happen Mm radioloria, right then you have the ad that i'm calling it an ad the lore drop the the vex video that dropped at gamescon with the the making of the vex or the filling of a vex essentially so the vex has the radiolora go in there and the shell of the vex that we the metal isn't completely formed together it isn't completely locked up it isn't completely finished until the radioloria gets in there and then everything locks into place and the spinal fluid right. and everything um, fills so i would argue that the radioloria is technically the consciousness mm-hmm. and whatnot and the gate of the eye lord itself the there's a mention in the mission where we talk about the gate of the eye lord where we get it back in d1 that the eye is still good it's still lit so there's a sense of power regeneration that goes on with the eye itself that 
without the all the radioloria do you think it would even be on the information is still there it still has enough power to support to be able to open the gate for us to go into the black garden yeah i mean cuz we use the first we use the first gate lord zydron's original eye or zydron's mm-hmm. eye we used as a a key um right that's the mission right I'm no i'm just about, trying to think but... because i'm not sure yeah i don't think we have a clear explanation either way but in I think it's Visions of Light. No, that's the that's the D two one. That's a whole other thing. Um, gosh, I went down such a stinking tangent today. Uh, back in D one Pantheon, the all the Crucible maps had their own cards, and they were essentially conversations with Red Jacks and Shacks and Guardians and whatnot. And this one in particular is between two Gardens. And they said, War with the backup planet, the Vex to start growing more trouble in the garden. Any given match, there's 12 of us tops. The Vex recommit to the garden, to gardening darkness. Who says we've got enough guns to stop them? Stop them. Pretty sure our deaths are just meant to be the early warning system. Comforting. Now, granted, Pantheon has been renamed and relocated in D2. It's no longer Pantheon on Mars within the Black Garden, per se. It's Convergence. And I'm trying to remember the location in which they're, they're placing it, but they don't have the iconic red flowers in the background anymore. They put it, what planet? I want to say it's Io, perhaps. It's been it's been a second since I played. Yeah, I'm trying. So I'm gonna kind of go. Yeah, on no, a go for it. Go for it. I'm looking for, for that. yeah. So uh, Pantheon from D1 Veru is renamed Convergence in D2. It's actually my favorite map. It's the map that has the waterfall, the Radioloria waterfall, has the Vex ducks, has all that stuff in it. Um, the Guardian card, which is the card about our own Guardian, there's a mention of they stood against the Vex in the Black Garden and grounded that place to Mars. So there's a few different mentions in lore where it says we're grounding it. The Black Garden is described as not placed in time or space that is one of the mentions as i believe we're going into the black garden in one of the transcripts that it is it's no longer on mars ghost actually describes that we're no longer on mars it's one of the very first lines you hear so us quote unquote grounding it to mars places it there and kind of solidifies it there Oh, I'm reading chat. Isn't the inside the Vex simulated forest? Is it? Part of it's in, infin, in an infinite forest. The other part is Nessus. Yeah, because one half of it is the has the Nessus plant-like type things. And then the other half is somewhere else, like future and past type thing going on. Uh, there's another mention of the soul progeny. And this is in the... This is a description about how when we were with, were within the Black Garden during that final mission, how the Black Heart embodied the different soul progeny, which were the, the Minotaur things that were statues initially and came to life. Those got animated one at a time. So there was three of them that were essentially vessels waiting to be filled, and the heart goes from vessel to vessel, jumping. And the last couple of cards I have mentioned are just cards that are going to make headaches happen. Ghost Fragment Mysteries. This is the one that bugged me all afternoon because it always bugs me every time I look at it. It is the, pow- the card that talks about it. 
I-T, the Titanomach. I met it at the garden, and I recall it smiled at me before it devoured the blossoms with black flame and pinned their names across the sky. It was stronger than everything. I fought it with Aurora knives, and with the stolen unfire of singularities made up, sh- made sharp in my sw- sweat was earthquake and my breath was static, but it was stronger, so how did I survive? So... There's a couple of mentions of the garden in here, which really bugs me. I don't think we have any conclusive information on it, but... Ah, thank you, Wicked. He sent me a screenshot. It is Infinite Forest slash Mercury, but it has the... One side is red where it looks like Nessus, and the other side is not. So it's got that old Mercury and new mercury mm, the converted yeah, side yeah, yeah, yeah from the vault of glass yeah from infinite forest no 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 yeah yeah okay yep because vault of glass had mars and well Venus. it was technically past and present as, as far as the gates right uh i don't have anything else as far as ghost fragment mysteries except for the fact that it mentions the garden and that it was there but we don't know what it is and i keep saying it with emphasis because it's capital i capital t it is a pain in the took us pennywise doesn't like flowers i want his anyway uh the last thing i wanted to bring up as far as black garden is the mention of within the visions of light which is the quest that happens as we're kind of getting our our new powers unlocked it's the quest that happens on io where we see a vision. I understand your visions have taken the form of trees. I've seen them too. I went back to Io for answers. The last place the traveler touched. Io will react to your arrival if you let it. So there's the energy burst from the crater that you see. And there's a mention. The garden grows in both directions. It grows into tomorrow and yesterday. The red flowers bloom forever. This is one of the lines within the that you hear from the tree. So the Taken are weeds, Guardian pulled them up. The Taken can see the trees, know they sense the light. There's us getting yelled at for not replacing Oryx. Humanity must have (laughs) protectors, will you stand with me? Even the stars are brighter now, the whole cosmos is ablaze. So too much light, all the light, all the things. Take what you will of all these different cards about light and dark. And Blue mentioned something earlier, and I will be hounded by somebody if I don't mention it, but the idea of symmetry. We have brightened the solar system immensely. With brighter light comes deeper shadows. We're going to have a symmetrical counter to what's going on in some way, shape, or form. Whether or not Season of the Undying is that counter what we encounter within the Black Garden, if the heart of the Black Garden has reemerged, re- has been regrown, or it has grown even further since it was pruned and has developed into more, maybe we'll get to see it. Now, I don't know if that's actually it, it, but it'll be interesting to see what has happened in our absence from the Black Garden, because it's been a while. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that keeps bugging me, too, about... Uh, oh, yeah, Mark 44 standicides. Um, the thing that keeps bugging me, too, about the Black Garden and the Vex and the Black Heart is that, especially... Mm-hmm. And I kind of typed this in chat. Especially in this new trailer video, uh, whatever, you, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, the way that they portray the Radiolorian uh, sludge or the Radiolorian fluid... Uh, is very similar to if you go back and you look at the way that the Black Heart is portrayed within D1, they're very similar in their motions. Now, 
there's a lot of mechanical explanations that could be used to explain that. Uh, there could be it's a you know it's a liquid, it's a it's a uh, um, uh, it's that mucusy liquid. Yeah, vi- thank you. Um, so it could be it could be just something that they just happen to have similar engines, you know, it, whatever. But it does like when I first saw that video, um, it you know that's what I thought of. I was like, oh, okay, it's a it's a pure form of whatever it is that we just shot in in the mm-hmm. the garden. Um, so I'm interested to see if there's going to be a connection there uh, because I find that that aesthetic was really kind of to me at least it was kind of an odd parallel if you will uh and i think that it would be interesting if you know going down the theory of let's say this is you know, kind of explore some of these these theories uh let's say this is the idea of where the wound was created that allowed the vex to you know create themselves uh you know they they became part of our our reality through this wound in space um, and this is a remnant of that space. We know during that that conflict that there were vex that were taken, there were vex that were destroyed, and you know all that. And so, if you have an instance of some radiolorian fluid being taken partially, which we do uh, with Coria, you know what would a taken radiolorian look like? Uh, is that what could potentially be going on, which would explain the fascination with devotion, with the fascination of of, of uh, religious fervor that you see in the Vex that are in there? Um, you know, I'm just I'm just kind of throwing ideas against the wall, really. But that's that's where my brain kind of goes um, with regards to that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing that keeps kind of striking me too is um and i think i said this on twitter there was a there was a trailer too that reminded me a lot of the stranger um Mm -hmm. with the idea of well i thought yeah see dancing i thought there was too we want to talk i thought there was a quote to the taken as the same flower i i swear i but i'll have to go look for that i think there was a quote where it talks about it's Mm -hmm. very similar but i don't remember it was the same um Something else to remember, the Exo Stranger herself, her storyline was tied directly to the Mm -hmm. Black Garden as far as how she interacted with us. So there's the opportunity Mm -hmm. for Bungie to bring her back, whether or not they do or not. We are not 100% sure yet. Um, Another thing I want to bring up as far as a connection to the Black Garden, and everyone's going to groan, and that's okay. I am fully prepared for this. The Osiris prophecies Mm -hmm. can lead us back to the Black Garden, not only because Osiris' connection to the Vex, but there's also a few lines, um, Prophecy 8 in particular, kind of, to me, talks about, and not necessarily speaks directly about the Black Garden or anything like that, but it really ties in that there's a gut feeling that it ties in to it they sowed the first now reap the last forever narrows to a line where light will fade into the past when all's converted nothing shines there's the concept that the vex constantly trying to convert things that was talked about in the infinite forest so there's a possibility of osiris being a part of this undying season there's a or at least his prophecies being a part of it and maybe not him I know that as far as the as far as the production aspect of everything, that they are limited on the voice actors that they can bring in. So whether or not we see directly care 
all these different characters and I don't know whether or not Eris is going to be the primary NPC that we deal with with everything or if they're going to have other people in. It'll be interesting to see. Blue, do you have any other theories or anything? No, to I'm trying to I'm trying to find this. I'm trying to find Veru says it's in the Taken. Thank you. The Thank Grimlock you, Veru. Yeah, I thought there was something similar there. No, I'm thought I swear there was I'm trying to I'm actually I'm trying to find the um trailer. Oh, okay, so um I believe it was in the the raid trailer for the Garden of Salvation that I was like, you know, we see the there's a mention of a signal being emitted from the garden. Um and I had said the I said that, you know, the first thing that came to mind when I watched that trailer was the cutscene where the stranger is conversing with an unknown party and killing a Vex. You know, I think mm-hmm. that was in the Ishtar uh, Academy, if I remember that correct. That's yeah, it's within the library. Right, right. Okay, Academy. perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, and that was I think that was one of the original trailers that dropped with the uh, season of The Undying. Ah, okay. Yep, that's the quote. Oryx wields his power, but Oryx did not make it. We face the same flower we met in the Black Garden. Which is the quote that may really talk like it's. And the mm-hmm. darkness and the possibility of the darkness proper. We were told that the darkness thing, but, I won't, mm. but the further we get in, the more specular right. it seems. Well, and I, I, yeah, I always kind of took it as like we're not going to focus on that right now because we're rebuilding stuff. Yeah. Um, and wasn't oh God, man? I have so many random quotes bouncing around in my head because I thought isn't there also a comment about mm-hmm. uh, the darkness is closer than you think? Okay. Uh huh. That is one of the lines okay. in the trailer. Yeah, dan- dancing, dancing's kind of on the same line as my my personal spin foil thoughts on this is like I'm like I don't know the the more the more we learn the more convoluted it becomes the more interact in, involved right. with everything it has. Um, you know, the more we get into it, the more I want to do an episode on just flat out spin foil. I I mean we can do we can do a let's chat on that plenty i know i know yeah, i've i've plenty of things i've added on. a couple of things to the let's chat polls or let's chat list so nice um but yeah i mean i think i think yeah. that's a fair i mean i think it's a fair um i think that's a fair intro to the different aspects that we're going to be looking at hmm. um it's it's not i think it's a little bit more than you're bargained for almost right 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 no but i mean like but i think it also does a little bit of justice to just how deep this thing can go right i mean this this is this entire concept we didn't even talk about saint 14 yeah 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 i mean so many so many different tangents well, and then you know the conver- there, there's also the conversation between what where the uh, infinite forest comes from because the infinite forest mm-hmm. can be connected back to the black garden as well. Um, you know, there, there's there, and and yeah, there's like the 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 symbolism that is used within connections to the vex with the gardeners. Um, you know, the the idea of of uh, various. Um, uh, areas of horticulture, you know, with the infinite forest, the black garden, those are both components that the Vex are arguably in control of. And they're referred to as gardeners. They're, you know, they're referred to that in the garden and the forest, you know, it, it's just, it, to me, it, it kind of starts connecting a few other things as well. So it, it's just, I, I think it's going to be, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, especially with the change. They have lots of different. Yeah. 
They have a lot of room. Right. And well, and I, I'm, I mean, especially with the change of like moving away from the black garden and moving into the garden of salvation, you know, that, that begs the question, yeah. salvation for who, you know, um, I don't know. I'm also really, really excited to see where that mm-hmm. will be interesting. And I, I'm sure there's plenty of time for us to talk about theory on it. Oh yeah. There's one that there's one that's bouncing around in my head that really, really, I, I really both hope yes and hope no at the same time because if it's actually what it, I think it is, D and D spectacular. But we mm-hmm. should wrap because we've gone, we've definitely gone a long time on this uh, one. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, I don't even know how long we've gone. But I appreciate. I want to give a shout out to so, you because this was definitely your project. You did amazing job on this one if if you guys have listened to us all this time and you haven't figured out that green did a lot of work on this one guess what green green did a hmm. lot of work on this one um and i i just want to really say i appreciate that and i think that's it's amazing i think it did an amazing job Shame. i liked this one this topic was fun to dive into finally should we do show that was my shout out because i rant i ranted Yay, i ranted on the f- intro episode about my shout outs that's okay. My shout out is to Sleep, the Stanley Hotel, and, and all you wonderful people who stuck with us the this Stanley whole time. Ho- my sh- sleep and the Stanley Hotel; <laughs> those are mutually exclusive. So let's go. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you spending the night there? No. Okay. I have to get up in six hours, and okay. then we're driving uh, up. I know. There. I know they. So, I know they so. offer it. So I'm just yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Nope. We're not spending the night up there. We're 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 just doing a day tour. I remember driving by and being like, mm, and then I found out it was a Stanley Hotel. I was like, definitely no, we're not going anywhere near that place. <laughs> yeah, I. I like, they put a lot thing. of renovations. It looks really nice now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Did they repaint I the walls? No idea. I've not been inside, <laughs> and I wouldn't I hope know so. what the walls would look like anyway. So oh, it's fine okay. with me. Okay. It's just a hotel yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll have to. Okay. I have to send you a couple. That's a rest. That's a <laughs> lot of dope. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be uh, fine. So if we don't hear from Green next week, we all know what happened. Either um, the Buffalo ate her or the Stanley the Hotel Buffalo. ate her. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, guys, you guys have a great week. Uh, remember, be better. Be guardians. Be like, live up to it. You know, just be better. You guys can do it. I'm. I know our community is a living living testament to that that is possible. Um and just yeah, that's that's all I got for you guys. Um Green, you got anything last minute? Famous last uh, words? Good. I love you okay. guys. <laughs> Do it for the butter gators. <laughs> oh don't be a pan in the bottom. Nice. But I like it. All right, guys. Well, as usual, I've lost my list, so bye. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.